Hey, welcome to the Wave Report. This is Tremonte. Please like and subscribe to the channel. I have a special episode for y'all. I'm going to introduce them to y'all. We're going to get right into it. Introduce yourself and what you do for a living. Hi, my name is Asia Ekins Sanadis. I am a reading coach at a local school here in Tampa, Florida. Oh, y'all know who I am. My name is Elisa. I am Tremonte's wife, and I do a bit of a little bit of everything right now, so, mm -hmm. but my main title is a curriculum resource teacher here also in a local school in Hillsborough County. So we'll have a teacher's episode. So my first, very, my very first question with y'all is, how have y'all adjusted to teaching at home online? What are the challenges that you face from doing so? Well, I'm not teaching. I support teachers in their um, practice and in their teaching of their students. Um, Mm -hmm. The challenges that I run into is that I also have a, a child myself. I have a toddler who I sometimes have to strap on me or have to feed, mm -hmm. change her diaper. All that has to go down in the middle of a, a Zoom meeting because she still holds my priority. Um, but I feel like as weeks have gone on, I have adjusted what I needed to do to kind of get through meetings um, more effectively. Mm -hmm. um, it is a, a bonus when you are working with other teachers because most teachers also have children themselves. Right. So they are, a, are understanding of, hey, yo, she got to take a minute to <laughs> put on that um, harness so she can put her up there so she can, so I can finish getting through the, the meeting. It's the part that's afterwards, like when the meeting's over, of um, being able to then get through assignments and get through work that needs to be done. So I get up early, probably about two to three hours before the rest of the house. And then I do more work after she goes down. Oh. So my days are have extended longer because of the majority of the time I'm taking care of a, a mm. toddler. Mm. And what are the challenges you face working from home? I don't think really I have any challenges. Um, this is probably much, much easier than actually being in a physical building for me. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have children, so, like, right. that's not an issue. I pretty much set my day. I'm not going to tell people how much time I actually be working, uh, but uh, <laughs> I just set my... It's not really... the I guess the challenging part is, is the fact that, like, you don't know what's going on in the kids' home. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have to be very empathetic or extend some sort of empathy or sympathy towards mm -hmm. the families. Like one of the things they keep saying is like, you know, you need to leave with compassion. However, you still need to make sure that grades are done, that you still need to make sure that you're still doing your hours where you're meeting with them and putting up your lessons and assignments and then scoring them. So I think that's probably the challenge because you want the best for the students that you interact with, but mm -hmm. you also know that like some of them are just not gonna do anything. So I guess that's the challenging part. And y'all have two different perspectives. Are all educators the same? Absolutely not. Explain. You have those who will go above and beyond for their students mm -hmm. who genuinely care for the kids that they're working with. Mm -hmm. And you have those who are there to just collect a paycheck. For the money. 
mm-hmm. um, or for because of the hours. They work well. That works well with them. I mean, let's be real. It's it's ideal hours if you have children. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be off. And your kids are off. So and it, it you can make that work um, more feasibly than you can with um, other jobs. But no. And then it gets down to people who actually can teach. There are people who know content. They know everything, but they cannot deliver it in a way <laughs> that for other people to grasp uh-huh. that concept. So, no, there's there's good teachers, great teachers, and then there's also poor teachers, and then you just have the ones that need to see the door teachers. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's probably the first thing that we agree on. For those that don't know, this is my triplet sister. We were born on the same day in the womb together, and... Um, <laughs> You know, we don't ever really agree on anything, but that is one of the things I will say. You will know the teachers that are truly passionate about the things that they want to do. Like for me, I'm very passionate about education. I know some people be like, oh, she'd be nonchalant when it comes to things. But when I'm actually teaching and I'm in a physical building, I'm with my kids, I'm going to do, I call them my kids. I don't see them as like students. Like I remember a guy told me a couple of years ago, he was a behavior specialist. I really think he shouldn't have been because he said, oh, you just need to treat this as if it's a game. So don't take it personally. These are people's lives and these are children. This is not a game. This is for real. So if you're not passionate about what you do, education is one of the toughest jobs. So like Asia said, there are poor teachers. Mm-hmm. There are teachers. I think like, there's teachers that are good at delivering content. But then there's another factor to it. They have no classroom management. And you can't deliver the content fully if you don't have any classroom management. So that goes into they may be a okay teacher. Like, mm-hmm. you're okay. You know what you want to teach. You just can't get the kids or whoever you're teaching. Could be adults right. to actually sit down and listen so that you can fully deliver it. Because mm-hmm. you may know what you're talking about. So, yeah, there's some, there's some teachers that may need to, like, be like, I'm done. And probably we do have a lot of teachers that are great teachers that are leaving the field because they're not being valued. So y'all y'all both work at you work at a charter school, you work in public school. Public education, yes. What's the biggest difference? The biggest, Is there a gripe? Oh, there's a there's a <laughs> big, the biggest difference is Look, I put it this way. I feel like parents have to do what's best for their children. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if a charter school is the best for their, cat, ch- their child, a private school is best for their child, if homeschooling is the best for your child, if the public school that's 50 miles away is the best for your child, you do what you need to do for your child. But when it comes down to public schools, charter schools, and private schools, public schools serve everyone, regardless of how they come to us. Mm-hmm. We do not send anybody away. And that's the major difference between a charter school and a public school. There is no application process. Do you want to come to this school? You live in this area? Mm-hmm. Here we are. You're welcome to come. Versus private schools and charter schools where you might have an application process or there might have a vetting process where you have to pay to go. Like, it's totally different. We service all kids um, regardless of their disability. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of charter schools, I've seen it, charter schools will send their behavior um, students back to public school with the saying of, 
they can provide you the services that you need. Or we'll, we'll take kids um, through the first FTEs, get their money for them, and then we'll send them back with uh -huh. their IEP saying, we can't service you. Mm -hmm. Well, you knew their IEP from the beginning. You got that CUNE folder when that child came, mm -hmm. but you chose to collect state dollars on that child and send them back to us strategically after FTE so that we won't get money for that child. But we're gonna now provide every single service this child is entitled to that you said you could do, mm -hmm. but you can't. Because you don't have the teachers, you don't have the equipment, you don't have the extra um, aids and services that students will need. I remember when I taught second grade, I had um, a, a blind student, legally blind, fully, fully blind. He could only see lights. Mm -hmm. um, there's no way any charter school would be able to service that, that child. Mm. So, and then I have had plenty of kids with behavior um, problems. And a, a good handful have, were returned from charter schools. Mm. Okay, so as someone who's worked at all those types of schools, I worked private, charter, I was an independent contractor, I worked public, so let's be like let's be for real. Every school is trying to get the money. So when we talk about FTE funds, those are the fundings that you get for each student, mm -hmm. right? If you have a child or you have a parent, we'll say it like this, if you have a parent that's coming to you inquiring about your school, you right. give them the information up front. Now, there are some schools that don't lead with integrity, and that's shame on them for telling them what they can and can't do and what they can and can't provide for those students. Mm -hmm. But there's also parents that will leave a school because they know that their child has, I guess, a couple of issues that... Mm -hmm. They are tired of getting the phone calls or saying, hey, Mrs. Johnson, Mrs. such and such, come pick up your child because they did this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And there's also schools that call constantly to CPS. They call to get their child Baker acted. There's so many things that go into place. So some of these parents are like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the next best thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see this charter school popping up around the corner. Let me put my child here. And so there are times where you don't get a CUNE folder. So basically in a CUNE folder, it will tell you their whole academic career. It will say like, this child is experiencing X, Y, and Z. These are the grades. This mm -hmm. is what schools they've been to. But sometimes you don't get it. Especially if districts, like some of the districts that I work for, they try to play certain types of schools as if they are not in the same caliber as they are. Okay. So they won't send you the things that you're asking for. Even if you get on the phone and you call them, they're not even going to respond. You might get hung up on because they feel like you're not to the level that you need to be. So I do, I do feel like it's wrong if you have a child coming to your school and mm -hmm. you give up on that child. But I also will, can agree with this because I do work at a charter currently. We don't have the same resources. So they have more quality resources? We get, they, they, yeah. I will say, if you have good leadership, if there's something that you need, and you have, again, you have to have great leadership who will fight for it, mm -hmm. you can get it. Mm -hmm. You can get what you need at a public school. 
Um, I don't. I feel like some charter schools do have an abundant amount of resources as well. I mean, for example, your school donated a lot of materials to our teacher mm -hmm. because your parents gave so much supplies that y'all had a such so big surplus yeah. that y'all didn't have places to store it. Yeah, we mm -hmm. don't have storage. So you gave it mm -hmm. to our school. So, I mean, that speaks volume to the fact that y'all do have more than what other schools can get. Would you ever work at a charter school? I would never work at a charter school. It doesn't fit my education philosophy. Like, I'm in education to serve those who don't get services. I have always taught at um, what we now call achievement schools. Mm-hmm. God willing, that's the only schools I will ever serve at. Mm -hmm. um, those kids deserve people who want to be there. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the easiest place to work at. Sometimes you do go home like, ooh, I done lost that battle today. Mm -hmm. But you have to have that mentality of tomorrow's a new one. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get that W. So it's like, no, I could not work at a charter school. It would not give me the type of joy that working at an achievement school gives me, I don't. I would not feel like I'm making a big, the biggest impact mm -hmm. working at um, that type of school, and it ain't for me. <laughs> like it just really isn't. Like they, there's. It's just like I hear stories from Elisa, and I'm like, well, that wouldn't happen at public school. <laughs> like, like that would not go down. Would you ever? Go back to working at public school. Um, if in I, the capacity like you teaching and you standing in front of a class. This here's the thing. The type of person in the personality that I have. If I'm not going to be accepted for who I am, I can't work for you. And that was the reason why I left public schools. Mm -hmm. It was the fact that like I was told to dumb down who I was. I was told to talk to the students in in a different way. Oh, baby, it's going to be okay. No, I'm the type of person that I'm the middle ground. I'm not going to curse at you. I'm not going to put my hands on you. I'm not going to do any of that. However, I'm going to be so, I'm going to talk to you so stern for you know, so that you know that when you get out here in the real world, you don't get passes, mm -hmm. especially when you're teaching at an achievement school. We teach black and brown kids. Nobody is giving you a pass out here when you get out here in the world. So just how I'm talking now, that's how I will talk to my kids. Oh, you came today, you're not prepared? Well, give me, like, we had ca little cash coins that we would give the kids, paper money, mm -hmm. letting them know, like, oh, you're not prepared today? After I already provided you with the supplies out of my own money, out mm -hmm. of our household, I'm buying, spending thousands of dollars to make sure that these kids have everything they need and they come in with an excuse. I don't care if you're five. I don't care if you're 18. You mm -hmm. don't come to my classroom with an excuse. Give me your little um, paper money. Mm -hmm. You either going to get this pencil with this paper money, you're going to pay me, mm -hmm. or you're just not going to do your work. And that's just the type of person that I am. It's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat for anybody just for a job. I'm not going to do that. I think that's the difference. I never made work an option. So, like, mm -hmm. we've, I've had the paper money. I think a lot of schools have that type of thing. Um, if the child needed a pencil, child got a pencil that day. Mm -hmm. I don't care whatever the issue is. If they mm -hmm. needed paper, they got paper. Those are the two basic things 
that you will get if you ever enter my classroom. I don't need to hear an excuse. All I need to see is a hand raised. Mm -hmm. I will make sure you have a pencil and paper. Even if you already provided that for them? Even if I already provided it for them, the pencil and paper you will always get. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's something luxury, I don't know. <laughs> I know what you mean. You know, like, you know, the light up pen uh, or yeah, something, like, yeah, you know? Sure. Like yeah. that, then yeah. But the basic needs to get an assignment done, yeah. you will get every single time. Because to not do your work is not an option, right. ever. Like I used to tell my kids, and I was stern too. Both of us grew up in a, a strict household with a um, military family. I tell them, when you turn to touch, I'm sorry, when you go past this black line, all this, all that outside uh, is gone. Uh -huh. Whatever might be okay in your house, whatever's okay in your neighborhood, we got different rules here. Yeah. Sit down, let's get to work. Mm -hmm. We got a job to do. Mm -hmm. Now, when you go back over that back line and you headed to lunch, do you? Mm -hmm. You go over that black line and you go into specials, whatever that teacher has, cool. I don't want to hear about it. But when you cross into my classroom, these are the expectations, and doing your work is never optional. Mm -hmm. Never. Is, is education, in your opinions, is it underfunded even to the point of teacher salary? A lot of teachers or educators in general always say that they're underpaid. Do you agree that y'all are generally underpaid? I, I don't think, just looking at any other job, who is spending money to be able to do their job? I, I'm not even in the classroom anymore, and I'm still spending money out of my paycheck to make things happen. Mm -hmm. Like, that shouldn't happen. Like, if they got rid of that piece, you would probably see more people, more teachers being like, okay, I'm okay with what I make because mm -hmm. I'm not spending money to do my job. Yeah. So if they yeah. provided everything that you needed to just do what you do, mm -hmm. which is teach kids, people would probably be, would be all right with um the pay and if and if districts kept their word like not going back on hey well we said y'all was gonna get this raise but not this time uh, we, we was gonna pay you this retro no not this yeah like stuff like that like if they like literally set out a plan and and said like you do your three effective years of quality teaching mm -hmm. that is based off of whatever they choose observations emerging in with um bam scores which is scores from based off your, your, how your students do on standardized tests, um, you get a raise, whatever that might be. Or even if they, now they're talking about every year, whatever they decide on, like just sticking to it. Mm -hmm. it's like, so then you can say, I went into this knowing exactly what I would get. Right now, a lot of money comes from bonuses. Mm -hmm. um, and it's good money. I appreciate every single one. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. But yes. I would, I would be... I would like for it to just be regular pay. Okay. So, the newest one they've they've did. If you teach at Achievement School, you get you get extra money, um, mm -hmm. based off the tiers. I'm at the highest tier, so okay. that's an extra seven thousand five hundred dollars. Great. A year. Yes. Yeah. Great. That's great pay. Um, that one is part of our regular pay. Mm -hmm. That isn't bonus out. They divided it equally. But then I also got one that. Governor um, Ron DeSantis did if for if you're if you were um, had effective or highly effective state VAM, mm -hmm. you got a, lot, a significant amount. But that was only given to a small percentage mm -hmm. of people. You had to have taught the right grades. Mm -hmm. um, if you didn't teach the right grades, say you taught kindergarten, didn't matter. Like you had to have state VAM and in elementary, that's just fourth and fifth grade. 
okay. will have stayed down. Um, but I, there's been plenty of years I've had great state VM. Why now just this one year? Because we don't even know if it's going to be next year. It's true. It's true. You get it. Um, mm -hmm. Best and brightest has changed every single year has changed. You never can guarantee if you're going to get best and brightest. This year, <laughs> best and brightest was a laugh. <laughs> it started as high as 3,800. Now I think it was like, what, five? I don't even know. Like it, was, it wasn't even worth me really looking at it. Yeah. It was like, it was in the hundreds. It wasn't even, but they tax it too. Ridiculously <laughs> amount. I mm. even get my master's pay bonus, but you only get it for a certain amount of years. And it has to be um, an education degree. Like it can't be like a leadership degree. Got to be in like reading or curriculum instruction or something like that to get it. But once you reach a certain year, you don't get it no more. And it's also taxed <laughs> a lot at that whatever bonus tax thing. So if they made all those bonuses that they give out, regular pay, mm -hmm. and just pay it over pay it over each paycheck, that'd be great. I'd be satisfied. Y'all get underpaid? Absolutely. Teachers get underpaid. It's not even about the money that you're spending in, spending out your own paycheck. It's also the amount of hours that you're spending of your own personal time. When you go home, you see me lay out papers on the floor, great papers. I got to file my stuff because we have report card review in the next two days. Got to make sure I know what I'm talking about. I know my students. I don't mean so to interject. Like, Y'all are one of probably the only profession. Not the only profession. If I work 20, 30 hours, I get time and a half. Y'all don't get that. No, you don't get it. That's no. what wow. they're If you, you want to see how hard teachers work, drive past the school before school starts. They're already there. Drive past the school when school ends. They're still there. Yeah. Like we're literally 710 to 310 is supposed to be our hours typically, depending on what school you're at. You cannot plan. No teacher can. Your planning is 30 minutes a day. That's enough time. And then, and you, then you have <laughs> during the day 30 minutes. And then you have mm -hmm. roughly about an hour, hour 15 after the day. So you almost have to take work home. You have to. There is no way you can, can do quality instruction, grade the assignments that you're having to mm -hmm. give meaningful feedback to students in that amount of time. Like I said, I'm not in the classroom, but I still provide feedback to students and I'll still do some grading here and there mm -hmm. for teachers, um, especially when it comes down to writing. Like I'll take, give me a stack, like just give me a stack because there's no way one person can just sit here and read 50 mm -hmm. essays and get it back to kids in a, time that allows them to still remember their reasons about why they wrote it so that mm -hmm. you can then do meaningful conferences with them to have them go back and truly edit and revise their papers like that's not going to happen unless you take it home and then again that goes to then who the teachers the good teachers will yeah. do it they'll take it home the poor teachers will let it sit there for yeah. charter schools and public schools how is the parent participation is it about the same I think it just depends because um, I worked, like I said, I worked all type of education sectors. I guess you could say I've been an online teacher too, so you know, <laughs> put that me, put me down for that virtual learning. Um, I think it just depends. Like as the parent, if you're invested, then you'll show up. If you're not, you won't show up. 
And I know that we'll say like, oh yeah, some of our parents are working multiple jobs or um, there's, not a, there's not times that are available that are feasible for them to come. And like I said before, I don't do excuses. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you chose to have children. So when you make that choice to have a child, then whatever goes along with having a child, you should be prepared for. There should be never be a time that you don't meet your child's teacher. That I feel like that's poor parenting. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you work three jobs. You better ask for I need I need take it take I've seen parents take their lunch break to come pick up their kids from school and be like I'm just gonna drop them off at home, but I just want to come by to see you. That's dedication right there, and that's showing that you're invested. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like if you never met me and I have your child for eight hours a day, or sometimes they have before it before care or after care or whatever program that they have at the school, your child is essentially at school from 6.30 to 6. And you've never physically met their teacher. That's a shame. So I think about it in a completely different way. Um, I view it as this. I feel like parents send their best. The Mm -hmm. best all the time. That's where we disagree. I feel like parents send send their best. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like there is not a parent in this world that's going to say that they want less for their child. They always want more than what they had. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm going to meet you where you are. So if this is your best, this is what you're sending, well, how far can I move it to greatness? Mm -hmm. I don't care if I never see you. I'm going to reach out because that's my job as a teacher Mm -hmm. is to reach out. I'm going to reach out continuously. If when do I you don't stop reaching out, I don't stop reaching out. See, don't uh, stop reaching I, out. I have to stop. I might, if your number changes five times. I might not call, but I can always send a note. Mm-hmm. And I, I use carbon copy paper, so mm-hmm. I will always send a note. Um, and that's to communicate both good and bad, or just to say, hey, hey, how how are how are things? Like right mm-hmm. now through e-learning, you just we're sending a lot of messages of how can we make this better for you or. How are you adjusting? Hope right. you're hope you're well. Like sending those type of messages to to parents. But like I said, parents send their best, and mm-hmm. it's the teacher's job to move that student, regardless right. if you ever meet that parent. I mean, I agree with that. I'm just saying it's poor parenting if you don't, because that's a stranger. And we talk about how students or kids shouldn't be interacting with strangers. However, they interact with strangers every year because every year they go and they get a new teacher and you never meet that person. And that's why you see so many allegations and all these things in the news about what teachers are doing and what they're not doing. If you have that type of relationship with your child's teacher, then you would know, you know, like I just. I guess that's where we differ. I don't believe I don't that people for parenting. I, I because think it is. We never know the person's circumstances. Like we can say up and down, visit me on your lunch break. Well, do they have a car? Mm-hmm. I'll call come me to when you. you. Call me when you can. Do they have a phone? Like they got to the school, right? They got to enroll maybe, their child, right? Yeah, they might have. So they figured out time to do that. When you go to the kindergarten roundups. And maybe, well, a lot of people don't go to kindergarten roundups. There's they come people to, that they come, come to they walk up, and they register. Yeah, they come so how did you do that? That's one time. I'm just saying. And you like, might have so had you, to work a miracle to get up there. Or work another one. No. 
because that's how good God is. You will work. He will work another one. God is good. So like, all the time. I just, I but I, I'm not going to impede on nobody's livelihood. So if you need to work those several jobs and the only thing you can do is write me a note back and I never see you, I'm okay with that. But they're writing you a note back. That's the thing. Like, at least they're showing some type of If I don't get a note back, I'm still going to be okay with it. Because I would rather you be able to put food on your table than come meet your child's teacher. I would rather that child have a jacket in the winter than you come meet me. Because mm -hmm. I'm going to do my job, you best believe. I'm going to be working my behind off to, to, to help your child get to what they need. So you don't really need to check on me. I'm doing good. What's the biggest obstacle that you see kids face today, especially kids of color? What's the biggest obstacle as a teacher that you see that they struggle with as far as learning information and retaining it? I don't think it's learning information and retaining it. I think the biggest thing for me, what I see is that our babies have self-esteem issues. They're not um, encouraged along the way. So I may be like, oh, that's poor parenting. But when you come to my class, the kids know that, like, I will do anything for them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to encourage them along the way. You didn't eat yesterday. You didn't bathe the other day. You, these things that are occurring, like, I'm going to help you along the way to achieve so that you can have those type of successes in your life. No matter what, you know that you can call me or come see me, come, stop by, tell me what you need. I'm going to provide it. Mm -hmm. I think that our, the kids of color, you were saying, like the biggest struggle is for them knowing and actually seeing people like them in education. That's a big struggle for them. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I think that uh, it almost brought me to tears, I know that it was a rough year. And uh, for me, physically, I was sick and I was trying to like hold on and, and do everything. But I had a, a grandparent come and have a conference with me. She called mm -hmm. and she said, I don't want to take my child or my grandchild out of your class because she's never had a black teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, what grade? Third grade. Mm -hmm. And she loves you. She sees you. She sees like you as a mom. Mm -hmm. she, and she didn't have a mom. And that, that, that for me spoke volumes. Like even if I'm tired or I'm, you know, stressed out or I'm sick, I'm still showing up for them. So I can agree with what Asia was saying, like, I'm going to do my job. However, I need support to help do my job too, because I can't do it alone. I have may on average may have 50 different personalities that I'm dealing with on a different day, just student wise. And then I have to deal with the teachers. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm teaching middle school, I got 125 different personalities or more and I'm still got to give my best to them. So just meeting halfway will help me. I guess that will be beneficial. Mm. I don't know how she would answer that question, but for some, it might be that, like you said, being able to retain information like that memory is just not mm. good for them. For another person, it might be outside their home life that's impeding on them being able to mm. um, to keep up with education or keep up educationally wise. Um, mm. It might also be other people in the classroom That's if, true. that are impeding on them being able to get an education. That is true. And then it could also very much be the teacher <laughs> as well that's yeah, impeding that's on them getting an education. So I think it just really depends on 
the person, mm-hmm. the child as an individual, like what? And it could be different each year. It could be different each hour if they switch classes because they might have a teacher that builds them up, builds them up, builds them up, and then they go to another classroom and it's, they're mm-hmm. not, they don't get the same. So it just it really depends. If I had to pick one thing, I'm going to say it is others in, around them. And I don't mean like bullying or something like that or like a child going off the wall, like misbehaving or anything. I feel like we are dealing with children who are influenced. And then unfortunately, mm-hmm. kids want to be popular. Yeah. So and they'll put popularity over education sometimes if they don't have somebody in their corner showing them like what it what this little moment of popularity versus a life hood of being education being educated would bring them so Mm -hmm. and you touched on something about the educator impeding upon a child's progression in your experiences the teachers that you see coming in like first year teachers what is the main reason you see that a teacher like doesn't last are they really built for or they come in with this idea like I'm going to save all the kids and they realize it's not really like that or they just get weeded out over time I think it depends. Um, you do see some teachers who may have made it through an educational program mm-hmm. or teachers who make a second career move and go into education who then find out once they're physically doing it on their own that it's not for them. But that's a very small, small percentage. I honestly, I feel like if a teacher doesn't make it through her first year, it's because she didn't have a support system. It's because the other teachers around her didn't support her. Like for my just telling my experience, when I started working at the school I'm at now, like I said, it's it's one of a achievement school. Um, there were 22 of us, mm-hmm. 22 first year teachers, at a school where there should not have been 22 first year teachers. Mm-hmm. At, we had teachers quit left and right. Now. Those people who work with me, I think there's maybe four of us still still there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a partner teacher who left education. I know a couple of them that completely left, left education completely. But I know the reason why I was able to make it through that sink or swim situation is because I had veteran teachers who supported me and that were willing to tell me. Like I had my whole room was decked out, all decorated. It was a Pinterest classroom. Teacher came in there, flat out told me, girl, what you doing? Take this off the table. Take all that off your board. Mm -hmm. um, Get rid of that because that's probably going to get teared down first week. And it takes a first year teacher to be receptive to those veteran teachers who are trying to drop knowledge on you. Mm -hmm. Like even some veteran teachers like go home, go home because you can't teach good if you're not going to take care of yourself. And again, if, if the person is receptive and they listen to um, veteran teachers, they'll be all right. I think it also still goes to leadership. Mm-hmm. You need to pair people correctly. Like you can't just say, oh, I got a third grade open. I need a third grade teacher. They just interviewed. The year's about to start in one day. <laughs> there you go. You're a third grade teacher now. Like you have to strategically pair first year teachers with people. I was paired greatly. Like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how much I learned from my sweet mate those first two years from just listening to her. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be in a room. 
oh, that's what she's doing to help keep the kids calm. Because like Lisa said, behavior management is key. That, oh, that's what she, mm -hmm. that's how I need to do my think a lot. Like you just learn so much from like if you're paired correctly. If you're not paired correctly, you put chaos next to chaos, you're going to get chaos all year. I was the chaos my first six months. I ain't even going front. That was straight chaos. But I went to work every day, listened to my sweet mate, listened to the other um, mm -hmm. people on my team who was like, you need to do this, do this, move your classroom around. I even had a district person come in my room. She was a DRT for kindergarten. She, she sent me emails. She saw I was struggling. She sent me emails. She was like, I want to come in and I want to um, rearrange your room. I just want to make sure that's okay. My reply was, when can you come? I'm, I'm like literally <laughs> like not doing good. Mm -hmm. And to the point my mentor, we, they gave us mentors. She was like, do you think you're going to make it? I was like, God put me here for a reason. I'm going to make it. I ain't miss oh, a single day that year. Um, and I know it's because of people who were willing to help and me being receptive to that help that I was able to do it. Because mm -hmm. I've seen first-year teachers who do who um, – think that people will look at them in, in a different light if they're taking help from people. Like, they'll say, well, well, she graduated from college. She should be able to do it. And then you do have veteran teachers who are like, I got enough stuff to do. I ain't got time to mentor nobody. But somebody has to take our spots. Yeah. We already technically in a teacher shortage. Yeah. Somebody yeah, Technically, we are. Somebody has to take our spots. So it's mm -hmm. either, and there's not a lot of people graduating with education degrees. That's true. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Lisa? I haven't forgot the question. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, no, how do you teachers. feel about first year teachers? If they don't make it out, what are, what are the main reasons this like, year first? I mean, it goes back to what, what Asia said it's leadership. That is the all, every time I left the school, it was because of leadership. They have enough support. And that's true. Every only reason why I stayed at my school and I'm leadership. still there is because of leadership. And that's that's the biggest thing. If you don't have leadership that is going to support you, if you don't have leadership that is going to encourage you or build you up or or even like give you that constructive criticism and say, hey, you know, you might want to consider doing this, this, this. Mm -hmm. If you don't value me as a human being first, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what it is. And I think that first year teachers are overwhelmed at the end of the day as a teacher you're going to be you're going to be overwhelmed for probably the first three years you're going to feel like you're drowning every day you're going to be like i'm just trying to come up for air <laughs> i'm trying to come up mm -hmm. and if you don't have that life vest or that boat next to you or something that you can grab onto to help you you're going to drown mm -hmm. and you're not going to make it and that's mm -hmm. what it is it's it's leadership all day, every day. Any final thoughts from either of you about charter schools, public <laughs> schools? It's my Final thoughts? I mean, I just think that this time, I know parents are like, wow, I'm seeing what's going on. Like, why the teacher would reach out to me so much? Like, mm -hmm. why they would say, like, hey, I need help with this? You know, are there any things that I can do? Because they're really seeing their children's, like, how they deal with adversity they're also seeing how their their child deals with doing work mm -hmm. do they have time management skills are they a critical thinker they're actually teaching some of their some of their uh students are, are some of our students are teaching their parents things they're like oh yeah 
my son said he learned this from you a couple of years ago. So he been doing this and he showed me how to do this. So like, I think hopefully teachers will be more valued mm. coming into the next year. And that even if it's just like, hey, I see you. Thank you. A thank you goes a long way. So, and then, uh, I mean, I don't want it to seem like I was bashing parents earlier because there are some great parents there and there are parents that even if they do make poor parenting choices, there are still parents. Those are still some of the same parents that will call you and be like, Hey, I need, um, I need help with this. What can I do? Can you show me where I need to go? If you're actively seeking that help, mm-hmm. then I'm always going to be there to help, to help you out. So I think that's that's my my closing remarks. I have no any nothing nothing to say bad about any type of school. I don't think you say anything bad. No, I don't. I mean, I just I feel like education is something that we all have, and you, parents, you're your child's first educator, and that's it. That's all I got. I definitely agree with parents being their children's first educator, and I think they're also their best their best um, educator because they know their child better mm-hmm. than. Any teacher will ever know them. I will just leave with, hey, to all the teachers, keep doing what you're doing and keep ma- making it work, like going above and beyond. If nobody notices you, you, your other teachers notice your hard work and you should be applauded for your efforts that you're making every single year. And treat yourself, like allow yourself to not do nothing some days. It's such a struggle for me, Asia, to get a lease and just, hey, just put it down. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, I want to say, yeah, all to all the teachers I ever worked <laughs> with that ever supported me, and it's about to be, we're in the same amount of years, right, Asia? Year nine coming up? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, so. I don't I know mean, why I felt like she's teaching a little longer than you. I think I don't only know why, one more year. Longer. I don't know why I, think, I felt that. I don't know if we started. One year longer, probably. No, we started the same year. We both start. We both taught kindergarten the same year. Mm-mm. I did a year before I taught kindergarten. When you was in Hawaii? Yeah. Preschool. Oh, okay. Preschool I think first. that's what it is. Preschool. Oh, okay. Preschool. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But yeah, I just support all the people that supported me because that helped me. Because every year I quit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I, I I keep going. Well, I want to thank both of y'all, my sister-in-law, my wife. Thank y'all for coming on the Wave Report. I definitely got to have y'all back. Uh, I'm not talking about teaching soon. something else. Yeah, talk about something else. Talk about family. <laughs> Have y'all come back. But like and subscribe to the page. Let us know what you uh, thought about the episode. I appreciate y'all. Uh, parents out there, uh, please take, invest into your kids' education. For a lot of colored kids, it's our only way out. Um, it is very important to value the teachers as much as you can. Thank you. Peace.